Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back to today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you want to watch on uh, the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and just type in today's Issues. We live video stream the show there. We On uh, Facebook, we also post the stories that we discuss. So check that out for the program you're listening to today's issues. I'm Tim with Fred Jackson. Yes, Good morning sir. again, Fred. Good morning. Always great to be here. And Dr. Ray Pritchard. Hey, Tim. How you doing? All right. All right. Ray's in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, Fred and yours truly were in Tupelo, Mississippi, along with our uh, colleague here, Steve Jordahl. Good morning, afternoon. How are you doing, Steve? I'm well. I'm well. I'm watching the, the four astronauts, uh, I guess that the, they're officially astronauts, Jeff Bezos and company that came back down to the Earth. Heroes. They're being uh, lauded like heroes. I, you know, in the hero scale, it goes the Marines who, who, who stormed Normandy and D-Day, and then four people who went up in a rocket and watched. So I would say just before we get calls and emails, there were more than just Marines. Yeah. <laughs> <Did> I, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the soldiers. I, I, we understand what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. but uh, and and don't call us marine a soldier. I've learned that too. <laughs> right. You got to be careful. These military people are real sensitive about stuff like that. Forever. That's right, huh? That's right. Uh, they want to be placed in exactly what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, so, the, but uh, uh, Jeff Bezos and three other people. One of them, his brother. Boy, they look alike. Uh, he and his brother. He and his brother, they do look alike, don't they? Yep. Uh, both quit going to the uh, hairstylist. Yeah, they don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> a few years ago. Which tells uh, me that there's no cure for baldness because if there was, and he had, you know, there's not amount of money that could possibly find it if he, if he can't find it. I'm bald on top. Somebody asked me the other day, don't have you ever thought about hair treatment, yeah. whatever you call it? You used to call it tonic. Hair replacement, yeah. Right, the plug. And I said, "Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Fifty-eight. Been married for thirty-something years. I have nobody to impress." <laughs> okay, so I, no, he still so loves you. The he answer really to does. that is no. I don't want anything to grow hair. See, you got something in common with Jeff, with Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Hey, that's about all I got in common with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> but no, I don't want to grow hair. I don't care. Yeah. You uh, know, one of the four is an eighty-two-year-old woman. From the yeah. Mercury program, that's that's absolutely incredible. Whoever thought an 82-year-old, male or female, would get to go and be an astronaut? That's, that's incredible. Really, very cool. Very yeah, cool. I think it's really cool. Okay, so hold on just a minute before yes. I get in trouble. 1984. George Orwell. I know that, but that's the year I was married. Oh. 94, 2004, 14. Tw- 37 years. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because I think I said 30 something. <gasps> See what I'm Not saying? Close and we know Allison listens. Right, right. So I did this on the fly. Good. Well done. <laughs> so I just want to make sure I had that right there. Well, I think, good, good save. I yes. think him saying that he, he no longer has to impress his wife might be more of a. Well, that's issue true, Steve. Saying, Thanks for bringing that point up. <laughs> How many years? No. You <laughs> okay. Let me How refer- do you back out of that <laughs> one? Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just put it this way. Allison go. doesn't give a rip if I grow hair or not. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so, that, that, that covers it. Okay, so we're, we're, we're at a shared point of something. Mm-hmm. Universal. 
Something. <laughs> Acceptance. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, oh. we, go, we go now to our news desk where yes, Steve Jordahl brings us the serious news. Well, let's talk about immigration for a second. I'm going to get to the story that uh, you guys were teasing you at, at the end of the hour, but I want to start here. Um, it seems that the crossing at Del Rio, Texas is getting uh, one of the crossings that's getting a lot of people, a, a group of about 400, 300 plus migrants came demanding to be let in and and they're starting to get more and more forceful there was a story about them uh they they started letting people in a, a little time they basically opened the door and let them walk in just like the capital rioters like the police did with the capital rioters these guys walked in and um but but ron DeSantis has something to say about this too he was he was uh he was talking at a press conference there, and I wanted to let you guys hear. He's the governor of Florida. He is the governor of Florida. This is cut eight. Listen to what he has to say. I have to say, I was a little bit perturbed when I was at the southern border when I started thinking about if you wanted to fly from Brazil or you wanted to do certain travel, the way you would be treated by the federal government under the auspices of COVID mitigation some people wouldn't even be allowed to come. A lot of these flights aren't even allowed. If you wanted to go on a cruise ship, the federal government doesn't want you except under extreme circumstances. So they're very, very rigorous with kind of lawful commercial activity and travel. But if you just want to hopscotch across that border, they don't care about COVID. They're letting you straight in. They're throwing you on a bus and they're sending you all over the fruited plain in this country. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Governor DeSantis just bingoed yep. right there. Um, this is po- politically uh, driven. We all know that now. It's becoming more and more obvious. Um, you know the the uh, illegal crossings uh, of people coming into our country now along the border. I I had said uh, I read earlier in the summer that it was going to be a million by the end of the year, but I I, I that's changed. It's going to be upwards of two million. People, yeah. uh, what, what and I, I don't quite frankly, folks. Now, the governor of Texas is trying, Governor Abbott is trying to do something, uh, on a state level to stop the influx of people coming into his state who we don't know who they are, they're just coming on in, rolling on in from, from, from not only Central America, but now all over, all over the world 26 different countries. Yeah, it's just a, an open. It's an open border, right. and, and, and on our southern border, and we, and the, there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. That that because Biden and Harris don't want to stop it, and the American people aren't demanding. Well, we don't know what to do because yeah. uh, you know you can only do so much. Again, the governor's trying to build his own wall, but when is that going to be done? Two years from now? Yeah. The Supreme Court actually weighed in on this topic uh, several years ago. I think it was during the Biden administration when Jan Brewer was governor of Arizona, and she wanted to enforce the uh, immigration laws that the Biden that the Obama administration wasn't. And the Supreme no. Court said no, she could not. So I don't know. That's if, right. It is the it is the constitutional purview of the, the federal, federal government. Right. So what we have here is an oddity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an oddity of the last twenty years. Because prior, Bill Clinton was was strong on this issue when he was president. At least, at least rhetorically, he was. Um, I'm talking about illegal immigration, stopping illegal immigration, 
and and a lot of Democrats were worried about this, but the last since Obama and Biden, those two Democrat presidents, uh, <clears throat> they want to flood the country with illegal uh, people coming here because they they're thinking this long term are millions and millions of voters for Democrats in the years to come. So we don't want to stop them from coming here, even though they're coming illegally. And as Governor DeSantis was saying, uh, bringing COVID with them, there's no effort to stop that. It's just, but but you you land in an airport somewhere, they got to go want your passport. Mm-hmm. You cross the southern border, they don't care about a passport. So I think the the point was well well made there by Governor DeSantis. The only thing that can be done i think is you know you have to vote in the right people in washington dc who do care about this issue Mm -hmm. right i I don't know how to say this and and maybe i'm wrong okay but i think unfortunately uh a a high percentage of democrats are our fellow americans they don't care about this. They don't care how many people flood into our country. That's why they vote for Democrats, because that's not a top priority issue with well, them. And they and they elect people, too. Go ahead. Look, Tim, you're exactly right. You've got two groups, basically, on this issue inside the party. You've got the— Inside uh, which party? The Democrat Party. Okay, okay. You've got the activists who are actively doing what we've been saying— they are destroying border security. Right. They're getting what they want. They're getting open borders between U.S. and Mexico for exactly the reason you said. What's more interesting, Tim, is that it's not that all the rest of the Democrats are necessarily in favor of this. They've just decided to let it go. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fight this battle. They're not gonna defend border security. So, I'm trying to think, Tim. Can we even think of a leading Democrat politician who's truly in favor of strong security on our southern border? As I think about it, I can't think of a single one. There's not a leading Democrat, but we have heard from Democrat members of Congress who represent districts along our southern border. And yes, yes, but they're, 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 their cries fall on deaf ears, yeah. even though they're Democrats. That, that's right. CNN won't talk to them. NBC won't talk to them. They they are they're listening to their constituents they're seeing it every day, and I'm talking about these Democrat congressmen uh, representing districts along the border. They see what's happening there. They see their districts being overrun by these illegal immigrants. But like you say, Tim, they're crying out to Joe Biden, and Joe Biden says, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, and and Kamala Harris, uh, vice president, you know, who was put in charge of uh, the, the border, which she's – you know, all she all she does is make a couple. Of, she makes a trip down to El Paso, Central America, and just says, "You know, we'll give you some money." Yeah. Uh, and then she goes down to the El Paso airport and calls that a trip to the border. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a complete joke, a farce. Uh, but you know, but I just. Uh, Conservatives and Republicans are the only ones that seem to care about this issue. And so when half of our fellow Americans don't care about it, it's very troubling, but I don't know what you do because uh, it, except elect a president like Trump mm-hmm. who secured the border and stopped this and had a remain in Mexico policy when and was building a wall 
Biden says no more wall, uh, stop deportations for a uh, hundred days. And now he's letting everybody come in and giving them a welcome bag. Yep. Which includes a, like a subway coupon. I think a Best Buy coupon and, and other things for everybody who toothbrushes and everything who can, and the hotel rooms and flights and buses and things, which is what governor DeSantis was, was saying elections have consequences. Now, we can revisit the whole who was really elected president last year, but I'm just saying that Biden is in the White House, and he and Harris could care less how many people flood into our country illegally because they're going to live behind they're going to live behind uh, private security and secret service and all, all these limousine liberals who want to say let everybody come here they they're they're in gated communities. With, yeah, that's right. With, they don't secu- care. with private security, they're mm-hmm. not bothered by no by uh, what happens as a result of this. So, uh, okay, Steve, next story. Um, CRT. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, teaching of children. Uh, this is the story you guys were talking about at the end of last hour. And um, let's start here. Hasbro, the toy company says that they need to, or a whistleblower has said that they are addressing racism with their children, the toys, by three to six months old, Hasbro says, citing some studies, the babies are beginning to notice uh, and express preference by race, so they have to do the anti-racism thing with babies. Their packaging is now reflecting various different things. And um, so... (laughs) I'm looking at you... Right now, Steve, and my eyes are starting to cross. I know it, it's because I, I don't, this happens when I completely don't understand what's well, going on here. Well, you're telling me Hasbro, Hasbro the toy company, the Hasbro toy company. I know them. They, they, they they're doing what? And saying are, what now? They're starting to consider racism when they do their toys. They want to in. Uh, they want to promote racism. They want to stop racism. They want to stop it. Every child that they with their toys. That's right. Every, How are they going to do that? Well, they're doing it with their packaging. So, and they don't not specific in the story that I have, but I'm assuming that that means that there will be black and white people on their packaging. And uh-huh. but there but, are there aren't already. Well, I no, <laughs> not not uh, not. What they, what, who do they got on there? I don't know. Um, but okay. here, listen to this though. I've got uh, this is a, a professor. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Harvey. She is a professor of religion at Drake University in Des Moines. Uh huh. And she is addressing a crowd, and she is talking about uh, the racism in children, that the white children are racist, and that she has to where, do where, something where about she, this. Where did she appear? This was at a, like, uh, like a, a speech she gave? A speech she gave, yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, let, let's let, hear it from the distinguished professor. Yes, it was number 10. There's a number of studies that suggest we shouldn't be worrying too much about making white kids feel bad because they get so much false messages about their goodness that it's actually kind of critically important for them. Now, we don't want to induce shame, right? Which is why they need those models. They need to hear, say, yeah, white people can do racial justice too, right? Here's some examples. A bit, uh, like, white guilt is a really big problem. And my goal as a parent is to get my kids into white guilt and beyond it as young as possible. Because adults, white adults are running around with white guilt and we're stuck. White guilt has to happen. It's a developmental need. 
if you believe in equity and you live in this kind of system and you're white, you're going to hit white guilt. So in my mind, I'm like, I need my four-year-old to experience white guilt so I can support her out of it and beyond it. And I don't want her doing it when she's 20. I want her to be well past that point. White guilt. That woman's whacked. I want my daughter to feel white guilt. What kind of parent even says that or even (laughs) thinks something like that? Some whacked-out liberal college professor who doesn't have anything better to do. Uh, I mean, that's abuse. Huh? That's, in my opinion, that is child abuse. That oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to teach my daughter to be feel yeah. guilty about her skin color. Yeah. Well, she's, yeah, I, I don't know. But, but you know what? What you just heard right there, folks, uh, sadly, is dominant on college campuses and universities, that way of thinking. And that's also... Right in line with critical race theory. Yeah. yeah. It used to be college. We used to be able to say all those crazy people on college campuses, those snowflakes. In fact, we had the snowflake No, I think file. that's a majority. I think that it has come of professors, off. Of professors. But that that thinking has come off of college campuses, and CRT is what's pushing that mm-hmm. in civil society today. Everybody is trying, having to deal with this thing. Yeah, so. she was talking about her child. Yeah. Dealing with... White guilt. She's a white professor, by the way. Oh yeah. And uh, she says that uh, her child, it needs children need to go through the white guilt because you know white children are already getting this message that they're good. <laughs> oh brother. Now, what if you lived in the middle of Africa? How does this applicable? I don't know. I mean, you're, I was. I'm, I talking, I'm talking about you're a white. Uh, if you're this woman and you live in Angola or the Congo and you're surrounded by millions of black folks. How is this applicable? Here's here's one possibility. Uh, if this woman was teaching at a university in Angola, as you say, she would say to her white daughter, do you see all the poverty amongst the black people out there? You're to blame for it. Oh, girl. I got you. Wherever you go, it's your fault. It's yeah. your fault. <laughs> you okay. are the oppressor. All right. Next story, Steve. All right. Let's talk about ice cream. You guys like ice cream? Oh, yes. Uh, ben and Jerry's. Has oh, to... I like homemade ice cream in yeah. the summertime. And you yeah. know what? I'm going to tell you right now. It's vanilla. French vanilla. <laughs> it's white. Oh, there you go. You see what I'm saying? There I go. Mm. It's subconscious white. oppression. Well, I don't oppress myself. I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just telling you the ice cream is white. And I'm just, now, I like chocolate ice cream, too, but. Uh, again, if everything's going to be seen through the prism of color, mm-hmm. I just wanted to confess right now that my favorite is my my brother's well vanilla ice cream. Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry is uh, receiving a little bit of backlash from Israel and uh, Israeli the, friends. They're the well-known ice cream. That's uh, right, out of Vermont. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they're brothers, but the Ben and there's a Ben and there is a Jerry, and they have been vocal. Cherry. Jerry, Jerry, oh, Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y. Okay. And they've been vocal uh, liberals lefties, f- as long as I can remember. They have decided that they are no longer going to sell their ice cream through a distributor that sells the, the ice cream in Israel, which they refer to as occupied Palestinian territories. So they're saying we have a longstanding partnership with our licensee who manufactures Ben & Jerry ice cream in Israel and distributes it in the region. We have been working to change this, so we will have informed our licensee that we will not renew the license agreement when it expires at the end of the year. They still want to be in the occupied Palestinian territories because they want to sell ice cream, but they're going to have to find a different way to do it. Ray, 
Oh, good night. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't even know what. So they're so they're not. I mean, there's got to be a big market for them, Israel. So so they're going to pull out of Israel or occupied Palestine. Yeah, it's it's specifically it's the settlements on the West Bank. They're not going to sell their ice cream there, and also in East Jerusalem. Because the international community, for the most part, say that is Palestinian territory. Uh, Israel has no right to try to control those areas. So we're not going to sell our ice cream in those areas. So really, it's along the line of the BDS movement, the boycott, the vest, and sanction movement against Israel. Uh, And now they're joining. I I read the press release from Ben & Jerry yesterday. By the way, they're owned by a Dutch company now, Unilever, I believe it is. Anyway, they said uh, the Israelis' uh, attitude towards those West Bank settlements in East Jerusalem does not reflect our values. That's in quotation marks, does not reflect our values. Well, I I wish they would read their Bible. (laughs) I I really do, uh, because the last time I looked, when God deeded that land to the Jewish people, it does include the West Bank. It does include certainly not only West Jerusalem, but East Jerusalem as well. Right. Yeah, so so ice cream is political now. Ben and Jerry, I haven't been there for other reasons. They they just they're all they come out for uh, about every six months. Ben and Jerry comes out with some left wing uh, pushing point that they want to advocate for. So I just don't I don't buy their ice cream. Of course, they're not popular where we live anyway. To Fred's point, though, I think you'd have to look a very, very long time to find the Bible that Ben and Jerry use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Next story, Steve. All right. Hey, let's do this. Uh, you are a police officer in Scotland, and you look up in the sky and you see that you're being followed by a drone. So this actually happened. They do not name the officer, but this officer, um, it was a she, and she uh, radioed in, hey, this drone is following me. I'm not sure that it's safe. I want to back up. So she goes, and she, uh, they, they try to you know, find her. She finally ends up at a location where she sits, gets out of her car, her patrol car, pops the hood so she can hide, hide under the hood so that this drone doesn't see her. The, uh, her police officer friends come and say, where's the drone? She points to the drone in the sky. I'm sorry, ma'am. That's the planet Jupiter. She was she afraid was. of the whole time. What? <laughs> what? What? She Wait a was, minute. She thought, she thought Jupiter was a... She thought Jupiter was a drone, oh, the planet. <laughs> and she's a cop? She is a rookie cop. A rookie cop. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. She, she was been, having a bad day. Has she been... Did she get drug tested? Well, I don't know. Scotland is scotch, though. She might have been on the scotch. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, uh, what, you got anything else, Steve? We got t- two minutes here. You got an answer for the meaning of life? The or? meaning of life. Uh, well, I, if you want to get into another uh, story, I can tell you it's kind of a good news story that there is a uh, priest in Las in um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, that has denied a state senator their communion because of his support for abortion. Yeah, the senator's name is Joe Cervantes, and his priest said, uh, "If you're going to be pro-abortion, you're not getting communion from me." Catholic priest, yeah, only, all he's doing is upholding the That's teaching. Right. Yes. Good for him. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. The teaching of of the Catholic Church on abortion is that it is a mortal sin. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this priest is only being consistent with the teaching of the church. That's right. That's right. Uh, so 
All right, Ray, you have a good day, my friend. Enjoy Thanks, your bike Tim. ride. I'm you assume, bet. assuming you're going out in a couple of hours, right? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, Fred, thank you. Hi, good to be here. Steve, my appreciate pleasure. it. Brent, uh, Creeley produced our show today, show today, and we thank uh, Chris Woodward uh, for covering the news for us the last hour and Frank Turek for what he discussed. So you have a great day, folks. We'll see you back here tomorrow.